somebody for you. Amen to Jesus. Uh, this month we are going to uh, continue some, somewhat how we were walking uh, out or uh, talking last month about the kingdom of God. I want to look at the dimension of the kingdom of God. Uh, when Jesus was here on earth, the focus and the emphasis of his ministry was typically the kingdom of God. Every now and then when you see Jesus talk, he was either referring to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, something along those lines. Uh, because when you understand the fullness of the kingdom of God, you will understand what God wants to do in the now and even what God wants to do later. You will, you will be brought into the agenda of God. You will be brought into the of God. And let me tell you the truth. God has program. God has an agenda. Sometimes uh, the, the nine o'clock news may make you think that it is other countries, it is other heads of states that have an agenda. But let me tell you the truth. This world belongs to our God and he has an agenda for this world and his agenda will come to pass. Can somebody say amen to that? So the dimension of the kingdom of God that we want to look at this month is what is called kingdom authority. Can somebody say that? Make it louder. So we want to look at the authority in the kingdom. How to make it work. What does it mean? And you know, just be acquainted with that. Because we believe that the more we know, the better we will own. The better we will become. And the better we'll be able to maximize that which we now know. So let's take for a text this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, this is Jesus on his way out. And like somebody said, the last words of anything or the last of anything is something you should pay attention to. Now, if Jesus now gives his last word, if the word of God gives a last word, I think you should pay attention to that word uh, much more than any other word you pay attention to. So Matthew chapter 28 Matthew 28, reading from verse 18. Matthew 28, reading from verse 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority, I like this translation. It says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, all authority. Some translation says, all power. Now, you need to understand what is going on here. Um, Jesus was making some assumptions and Jesus was uh, projecting some information. If you read between the lines, you'll be begin to understand that information. Because Jesus was letting them know that the reason why I, have came, uh, why I came to this earth, I have accomplished that reason. You need to understand that Jesus came back to be a pattern man. Jesus came back to undo what Adam did. If you look at the life of Jesus, you will see that practically everything that Adam did to take us back, Jesus did to bring us forward. So it was as if Adam took us back and Jesus brought us 
back or brought us forward. Uh, so we were be behind before and Jesus brought us to the fore. So that means that everything that you see Jesus do, he was trying to correct something. He was trying to fix a problem. He was trying to fix something that was wrong. And when we're talking about um, uh, the kingdom of God in a very broader sense, last month we said that the book of Matthew, among all the gospel, focused more on the fact that the kingdom of God is here. He focused on Jesus as a king. He didn't just focus on Jesus as any other thing. You know, like that song that we sang this morning said, we have known God as a father, we have known him as a friend. There are dimensions to God. And if you don't know a particular dimension, you can be cheated in that dimension. So, God wanted to reveal many different dimensions of Jesus. That is why four different people penned the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. And sometimes when you read them, they, seem, they are similar other times there is emphasis on different areas it's the same story but god just wanted to draw attention and emphasis to different places and matthew was that guy that was chosen to show and draw attention to the king and to the kingdom of god now the reason why you need to understand that the jesus being the king and the replacement and the fixer and the corrector of what adam did so that you will know that even Adam was a king. Adam was a king. God created Adam to be a king. He was supposed to rule. He was the king of Eden. He was the one in charge of Eden. In fact, if you listen to the first word that man had, or the first instruction of man, it was almost like a charge that you would have given to somebody that you have just given a crown, or somebody that you have just installed as a president. The first word that man had was in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. The Bible said, and God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion. So God was telling man, excuse me, you are a king. Excuse me, you, we, I, I want you to populate this world with everything that I'm going to do to you. You are going to be a prototype and you as a prototype, you are going to go all over the world. And so the agenda of God from the beginning has always been to have a king. And Adam was that king. But you see, the challenge was that Adam messed up. Adam lost that kingship. So when man fell, the fall was not just like a mistake. I mean, it was a mistake. But that mistake had many implications to it. We didn't just lose uh, uh, fellowship with God like it looks like, but we lost many things. That's why when Jesus came, Jesus had to first of all spend 30 years learning many things so that he would not do three and a half years to manifest and start to fix those things that Adam lost. So when Adam fell, we lost our place. We lost our place. Yes, they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. We lost our place. Our place was that place where God was always coming in the cool of the day. And the Bible says, and God communed with man. We lost that place. So the, the fall of man took us away from the place that we were. Uh, when, we, when, we when man also fall, fell, we didn't only lose our place. We also lost our position. Do, do, do you understand? So it is not just that man was taken from a geographical place or was removed from where he seated. Man also lost his position. The headship that man had, the leadership that man had, the, the dominion that man had, the control that man had. Man was the king of the jungle. 
You know, sometimes you hear that lion is the king of the jungle. Man was the king of the jungle. This Adam was able to name all animals and no animal was able to scare him. Why? Because he was the king. God made him the king. But what happened at the fall was that man lost his position. What happened at the fall is that man lost his place. But if that was it, that would have been bad enough. But also man lost his possession. So what did Jesus do? When Jesus came, Jesus came as a replacement so that man will get back his place. Amen to Jesus. Man will get back his position. Amen to Jesus. Man will get back his possession. Can somebody say amen? So you need to understand that what Jesus came to do was to fix what Adam messed up. Jesus was the correction to Adam. Every time you see a fault in Adam, every time you see the Adamic nature show up, the answer to the Adamic nature is not legislation. It is Jesus. The answer to the limitation of Adam is the second Adam. You cannot fix the problem of the first Adam without using the solution that God preferred in the second Adam. And that's why uh, without prejudice to all kinds of legislation in the world, the real answer for today is to Jesus. I'm sure you've heard that song before. Jesus is the answer for the world today. That's the truth. You know, that's the truth. And that's why even we as Christians, we must understand that. You know, we prayed for Israel this morning. And, and, and sometimes my heart goes to the nation of Israel. But you see, sometimes I feel like Christians were not even doing enough. Because we don't understand that. The fact that Israel geographically and by the fact that they came and they are the people of the Bible. That does not mean that they, they have been settled. That does not mean that things have been fixed for them. So we must understand that the answer is still Jesus. The fact that they are geographically Israel and we probably make pilgrimage there, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. The answer is still Jesus. Because sometimes some people make it look at that the people of the, the, the holy land. What makes things holy is not because of geography. If you don't introduce the final, the, the, the last Adam, if you don't bring in Jesus there, it's not quite holy. What makes this holy is Jesus. Because what we lost, what we lost in the beginning was through Adam. And what we now gain is through... (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Let's celebrate them. (laughs) So what we lost in the beginning, I think I'll just walk around the red. I'm feeling like I'm on TED Talk or something like that. You know, in the TED Talk, you stand in one rate, something like, you know. But what we lost in the beginning was through Adam. And what we need to gain in this end time is through Jesus. If you have not gotten it through Jesus, you have not really gotten it. If it didn't come through the sun, you don't have it. And so anything else outside of the sun, you are still out of place. You are still out of position. You are still out of possession. And that needs to comfort somebody. Because sometimes we always think that, every, you know, you look at somebody out there, you look, them, look at them doing one or two things, and then you conclude that they are doing well. Let me tell you, there is no well outside of the plan of God. There is no well after outside of the solution of God. And if that well does not begin in Jesus, it, can, it can't be well. If that well is not does not have Jesus in it, that well is not well. It has to revolve around Jesus because it's, it's all about Jesus. In fact, if you, if you look at the Bible, the Bible is the story about Jesus. 
It's all about Jesus. If you can trace Jesus literally from Genesis to Revelation, it was all about Jesus. In fact, there was a time Jesus had to tell the Jews, he said, you people are searching the scripture. He said, but do you know that it is the scripture that testifies of me? He said, but you don't know because you are just reading letter. You are just reading information. But there is something that is missing. You don't know that this revelation, uh, this information is supposed to lead you to me. I am the conclusion. That's why when before Jesus came, you hear thus say the Lord. You hear, uh, this shall come to pass. And the Lord said unto me, and I said so. But when Jesus came, Jesus will say something like this. Verily, verily, I say unto you. There was no other prophet that would speak like that. Because Jesus was the epicenter of everything. Jesus was what made everything make sense. He was the middle of everything. Old and New Testament find its place in him. It was, it's all about Jesus. So everything needs to go back to Jesus. And the reason is this. Because the agenda of God in the beginning was kingdom. The agenda of God in the beginning was to have kings on earth and those kings will represent him on earth so when you come into jesus you come into that place again because jesus himself uh, our scriptures makes us to understand in first corinthians chapter 6 first corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 that he that is joined to the lord is one spirit with him look at the statement that jesus was making in matthew chapter 28 matthew chapter 28 verse 18 jesus said all power in heaven has been given unto me then after he said all powers in heaven and, and and on earth has been given unto me he did not say i give you power at least in that statement he didn't say i give you power he just assumed that if it is mine it's also yours because he that is joined to the lord is one spirit with the lord so if all power has been given to me you also have that power that's why he now turned to them when he had all the power because he had to collect it back from the person that collected it from adam because you see in that adam when adam lost his position lost his place lost his possession adam lost it to somebody else he lost it to who the bible calls the god of this world so the reason the devil became the god of this world was because adam lost it but when jesus came back jesus said i have gotten it back and when he got it back he didn't even need to say let me give it to you no as long as it's my own because you are joined yes with christ it now belongs to you so what did he do instead of telling them oh now let me give it to you power no he just said go there is a backing. You have to know that you now have a backup. You now have to know that you can go out. There is something backing you're going out. Some of the mornings when we come here in the morning and we speak and sometimes some people feel offended. Why do you have to speak like that? We are not speaking because of ourselves. We are speaking because of a backing. There is something propelling us. We are just tools. We are just speakers. Amplifying the voice of he that is really speaking. So every time you see or say the Lord will bless you we are just speaking because there is a backing every time we say the Lord will lift you we are just speaking because there is a backing every time we tell you that by this time tomorrow your story will change we are speaking because there is a backing now if you believe that backing you you act like such so let me do it again the Lord will bless you the Lord will lift you the Lord will show up for you in the name of Jesus so we, you and I need to understand that Jesus' victory, what Jesus got on the cross, what Jesus got because he became man, he got for you. 
So this morning, what I just want to emphasize is that you are one with the Lord. Uh, what I want to emphasize is that you are one with the Lord. Can somebody echo that? I'll say, I'm one with the Lord. Say it like you believe it. Say, I'm one with the Lord. Look at this scripture. John chapter 17. John 17, 21 to 23. Why did Jesus come? And what was, to what end did he show up? Look at this. This is one of the final statements of Jesus again. And this is what they call the high priestly prayer of Jesus. Jesus was praying this final prayer to God the Father. And look at what he says in verse 21. John chapter 17 verse 21. The Bible says, That they may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. So Jesus is saying this. My mission is so that I can bring them so that they can be one with you. I want them to be one in us. I want them to be one with me. I want them to have a union with me so that their union will rub up on them that they will not act like me. I want them to be one so that the power that I have, they can now work with it. And at that point, it will not be authority. They, I am the one that got the power. But then when they use that power, they will be authorized. They will be working in the authority that I have given unto them. So I want them to be like you and I. Remember that when Jesus was here, he would say something like this. I don't do anything except I see my father doing it. That means that when Jesus heals... Jesus only heals because he has seen that that healing is happening in heaven. That, that, that means that when Jesus wants to feed the 5,000, it, it, it's a concluded deal. He already knows that 5,000 are going to be fed that day. Why? Because he has seen that happen. It's almost like if Jesus comes and replaces what he has seen, alright? So, Jesus is saying, that is how I want it to be for you too. I want you to be so synced with me. I want you to be so one with me that your actions will be a reaction of my own action. Your action will be what I am doing through you so you may be weak in your human self but that does not matter because when you are one like i am i am one with the father you'll be able to do what i can do the reason why jesus could say i'm going to the father greater work than this you will do in john chapter 14 the reason he could say that is because he knew that if we allow our oneness to be with him we'll be able to do the things he did will be able to even do more than the things he did. Why? Because when you are joined to a spirit, you are the same thing with that spirit. And it doesn't mean only the spirit of God. Anytime you are locked up with the spirit, the spirit also has the opportunity to walk through you. Alright? Some people may understand what that means, especially if you, you've taken a few cups of uh, alcohol, especially the one that makes you get under the spirit you know because you now be behaving as that spirit that you have joined yourself to is making you to behave there are so many times people do things and they'll say i didn't mean to do that why because they didn't really really mean to but there is a spirit that controls that action that is making them to do it i don't know if you've met some people before when they get angry like this uh, even they, when they tell them that you did this, you did this, you did this when you were angry, they won't believe you. Why? Because something took them over. So there is, the nature of spirits is that when a spirit comes to you, 
you know, whether spirit of God or spirit of anything, when that spirit comes to you, you become one with that spirit. You become one with that spirit. That's what First Corinthians chapter six was talking about. First Corinthians chapter six, I believe, verse seventeen. You know, well before verse seventeen, he was talking about the fact that if people give themselves to harlot, they give themselves to things, and that's why sometimes when people say, "Well, pastor, you know, we, 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 I'm just, I'm not really doing it. I'm just hanging around it." There, there are many things that people hang around. They don't understand that. If you are close enough, chances are excellent that you can contact the spirit around those things. There are things that control things. There are spirit that, there are many actions that you see that looks like action of free will, but there is a spirit behind it. There are spirits that work on people that steal. Have you heard stories of people who, who don't need what they steal? Have you had a, have you, I think there's a word for it. You know, there's always an English, very big English word for all kinds of stuff. You know, I say klepto. Kleptomania, all right? And some of those klept, klept, kleptomania, <laughs> some of those kleptomania, some of them don't need what they steal. There are people that will go and steal things that they even have. I've heard stories like that. They steal what they have. They have abundance of it at all. But there is something about stealing that, that just appeals to them. At that point, that is not just action. That's a spirit. And the reason why that spirit probably came was one permission that was given by the will. Because you see, the way spirit work is this. You will will, you will permit, you will allow the first time. After that time, they will take over. And that's why you have to be vigilant. You know, in that first Corinthians chapter 6, he was talking about harlot, uh, immorality, and things like that. And he was saying, look, if you... Join yourself to somebody. If you are having illicit sex, if you are uh, uh, fornicating, doing adultery and all that, he says, he that is joined to that person is the same spirit with them. So that means that we don't, when we come even in holy matrimony, it is mingling of spirits. So people don't understand that. People don't understand that some of these things that you call natural are more supernatural than natural. There is a connotation. There is something behind the scene that is spiritual. And that's why the Bible says, he that is joined is one with what is joined to. And this morning, Jesus is letting you understand that when you gave your life to Jesus, the spirit of Jesus that you joined yourself to also gives you permission, also brought into, into, into focus, also brought into the possibility that you will act like Jesus. That means what Jesus could do when he was here on earth, you can do it too. What Jesus could handle, you can handle it too. If Jesus could speak and things will respond, you can speak and things will respond. If Jesus could speak and a human being will respond, you can also speak. If Jesus could speak to animate things, and animate things will hear him, you can't do that. If Jesus could speak to inanimate things, and they will hear him, you can do the same. Why? He that has joined to the Lord is the same spirit with him. And that was what Jesus was praying for them in John chapter 17. He says, I want you to also join them. And did God the Father do that? Absolutely. You bet. He did that. So, we are one with the Lord. We are one with the Lord. Now, there is something you need to know about our Lord. Like I said, Jesus came to be that pattern king. Jesus came to represent what Adam failed to finish. Jesus came to become what Adam did not do. Because you see, what God wanted to happen in Genesis chapter 1 was that God wanted Eden to go all over the earth. Just like Adam eventually populated the earth with about 8.7 billion people because we are all children of Adam and Eve, right? 
God wanted also Eden to move around. But it didn't really happen like that. We moved other things around than Eden. But the agenda of God was Eden to move around. The influence of God. Because you see, when you talk about kingdom, kingdom is not just a geographical thing. It's influence. Some of you listening to me this morning, though you are not in England, some people may be listening to me from England, but all of us are here. But do you know that the kingdom of England is still influencing us today? Even though we're not in England. The reason I'm dressed like this, the people geographically that originally were in this space called the United States of America, were all people that dressed like this. This dressing, it was the English people that brought it. And even in countries where the temperature is like, you know, 100 degrees Fahrenheit, they will still dress like this. Why? Because of the influence of the kingdom that came there. So because, so because kingdoms go and operate by influence. So God is saying, I wanted the influence of Eden to go all over the earth. And God still wants the influence of Eden to go all over the earth. That's why he called you. That's why he called me. He called us to become king and he wants that influence to go. Now let me say this. For influence of any kingdom to flow, there needs to be power. Power needs to be in operation. Power is the currency of the kingdom. There is no kingdom that will stand without power. I don't know what the reasons for Amas hitting Israel will be, but I know one thing. Power is at play. Somebody wants to show that I'm not weak. Somebody wants to show that I have power. Somebody wants to show I'm strong. All these diplomatic issues that we always talk about, United Nations, they sit down, they give this referendum, they give that referendum. It's all about power. Because every kingdom, every nation, you cannot stand as a nation if there is no power. There needs to be some level of power. And the kingdom of God is not in mere words, but it's demonstration of the power of God. So there is a power dimension to the kingdom. So that's why when Jesus was leaving, Jesus said, look, I'm about to leave now. But let me tell you the truth. I already have all the power. <laughs> you need to understand that statement. He said, I have all the power. Including the power that the devil thinks he has. I have all the power. So the devil's power is a subset of the power I have. There is no power that the devil has. Or there is nothing the devil can do that is outside the confines of my power. He may be able to twist a few things, but it's still under my power. So that's why if you can align with me, it doesn't matter what you do, you can undo it. But you need to understand, every kingdom, we have to stand or fall by power. Power is a currency of kingdom. And you see, power is very necessary. And um, uh, in, in the New Testament, the word power is not always power. There are different words for power. One, one word for power is uh, dynamite power, like explosive power. Another word for power, which is the word in the scripture that we are reading this morning, is authority. And authority is the power that is given to you by another person. The authority is the, the delegation of power from a superior. So, for example, if somebody is an ambassador of the United States in one of the countries we celebrated last week, that person has the authority of the president of the United States. In fact, they usually will say the Secretary of State is the United States president outside of the United States. 
Because every country he goes to, he comes with the might of the United States. So the, the might, the power of the United States is behind him. That's why when nations try to mess up with American embassy, you know what usually happens? You know, America will be very hard on them and there will be a lot of things going on in the Senate and in the House about all of that. Why? Because they feel that that is like an act of war. It's as if you have attacked the United States. If you attack the embassy, in fact, if you are a prisoner and they are trying to get you and you get to the embassy of another country in a particular country, they will now begin to treat you as if you are in that country. That's what happens. Because they understand that the power back in that country is on that embassy. So that embassy is authorized. That embassy has the authority. Now, you didn't get the power. Jesus got the power and Jesus has the power. What he just did is that he authorized you. So whenever you show up, you don't show up in your power. You show up in his power. So what you say, he's the one backing it up. What you say is the one supplying it. Is the, is the river that never runs dry, but you when you come, you also have rivers of living waters flowing through you. Is the one that is the river that never runs dry but he also says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water why because you are connected to the source so when you are connected to the source you can show up as a resource and you function like the source so you need to understand what you have brothers you need to understand what you have sisters you have authority you have authority so whenever you see things showing up don't only think that God should show up. When you show up there, God has shown up. <laughs> because if you understand what I'm saying this morning, you understand why sometimes we say, God, where are you? And God is saying, I'm there. <laughs> if you're there, I am there. God, where are you in my family? When this happened, when that happened, God said, I am there. When you are there, if you fail, it will look like I failed. If you don't show up, it will look like I was absent. If you don't do what you are supposed to do, it will look like I'm not there because I've already authorized you. And if you understand the, the, the dimension of delegation, anybody that understands delegation knows that if you have delegated something, you allow that person you delegated to act. You have not really delegated if you were always stepping and act all the time. Let me say, well, if God knew that that was going to happen, why should he not step in? It would not be a good delegation if he always steps in. Once in a while he does step in. But if he really, really delegated, he will step out. He will be watching. And sometimes it will look like he's messing up. Usually when we delegate, I've had opportunities to do a few things here and there with church, with outside teams and all of that kind of thing. Sometimes you delegate and you see that what that person is doing is wrong. But if you step in that time, that person will not learn. Some of you are parents. By the reason of delegation, you tell your child to wash the plate. You know he's not washing it well. You are even washing the way he's washing the thing. But if you step in all the time, he will never wash it well. He will always do where you stepped into. So many times God will be watching because he has given delegation. Remember he said go ye into all the world. You know since that time he said go ye into all the world. Jesus has not been going to all the world. Anywhere the gospel of Jesus has been preached, it is these people that he told to go that goes there. If they don't go, it will not be preached. If they don't speak, there will be nobody that will hear. If they don't see anything, in fact, even when God shows up to people like angels, he doesn't preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 10, 
God shows up to Cornelius. And the Bible said, God, you know, the angel was saying, look, your hands, your offering, all this has shown up before God. He said, but send men to Joppa to go and call for a man named Peter. Why? Because God, Jesus has already delegated and he will not come and preach the gospel again. No, he will still use men. What about when God or Jesus saw Paul the apostle in Acts chapter 9? Jesus showed up. The light showed and, and, and things like that. But Jesus still did not finish the job. Jesus still told him, go and meet a man called Ananias. Why? Because it has now been given to man. Since that Matthew chapter 28, God has given the authority to act on this primarily to man. That's why prayer is very important. Prayer is that permission. Prayer is that allowance. And some of the things that we're going to learn this month is that way where you allow the source to show up for the resource. Is that permission? Is that is that connection? Is that synchrony? Is that working with him? Because if you don't work with him, he will not work. If you read Mark chapter 16, you start reading from verse 15. I was talking about the fact that he told them to go into all the gospel and preach the, the, the world. In verse 20, the Bible now says, And the Lord walking with them, confirming the words with signs following. So God wants to work with them. Because when it comes to understanding this kingdom authority, it is a partnership. You have to be one with the Lord. The Lord has the power. You that has been given the authority, you have to exercise it. If you read Ezekiel 37, and you see all the things that happen in Ezekiel 37. One of the things that you wonder is that every time God told Ezekiel, you are going to say this. When God is telling Ezekiel he's going to say it, those things will not happen. But when Ezekiel says it, what God wants to happen will happen because Ezekiel has said it. Why? Partnership. So God has given you authority. God has given me authority. Because we have found ourselves in Jesus, we have authority. And the Bible says, it's all power that he has. So, there's no power to the devil. There's no power to one witch. There's no power to one warlock. There's no power to one wizard. All power is with him. So, why is it, Pastor, that sometimes some things uh, bring me under? It's because you have not stood up. There are some things uh, that will not stop until somebody stands up and says, enough is enough. Did you know that 40 days, Goliath was saying all kinds of stuff. 40 days. And God didn't say anything. God was just watching his own people. He was even, he was talking against God. If your God is very strong, just get me one person. And God didn't say, ah, look at this person say I'm very strong. I'm, I'll go and defend myself. No, 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 no. I've put people there. If they mess up, it's on them. They are the ones here. This is your locality. This is your space. If you don't do well here, if you mess it up, well, we'll take, we'll, we'll reconcile accounts later on. But it's, it's all up to you. And until David came, and David stood up to him, in fact, David did not know that he could stand up to him. And like some Davids that are listening to me this morning, there are many things that is threatening your family. There are many things that is against you, working against you, and you are just watching it. You are just complaining. You are just stressing it. And God said, if you are one with the Lord, what you should do is not watch it. It's to stand up to it and say, I don't even need God in this one. I will deal with you. That's the kind of children God wants to raise in this end time. 
He wants to raise men and women. Who, when they see the devil show up and say, is that you again? I will finish you. I will even go and be calling one pastor. No. I'll, I'll take care of this. Now, am, am I saying that there are no gifts in the body? There, there is. But you see, you need to understand that if you are one with the Lord, if you are being joined to the Lord, you are one spirit with him. There is no bigger Holy Spirit in any other man of God. The reason the Holy Spirit seems to show up more is because somebody has exercised it. Somebody has built it. Everybody in life. We have opportunity to be muscular, you know. We can have <laughs> triceps and biceps and all this muscle. But the reason we don't have it is not because it's not possible. It's because we have not worked it. So that means that when it comes to this authority, there are some things you need to come into awareness of so that you will be able to make it happen. You'll be able to use it. And ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for children who will stand up and become sons. Because the Bible speaking in Romans chapter 8 and 19 says, the whole world, the earnest expression of the creature or creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Sons of God are people that take responsibility. They are not people that put it on God. You know, sometimes people put everything on God. There are many things that we push back to God that is in our laps. There are many things we say, God will do that. God is saying, you are the one I'm waiting for. There are many things we are saying, God, God, God is saying, no, no, leave me out of this. You can do it. You can speak. You can stand up. You can become that mighty man of valor. If you are a Gideon hearing me this morning, you are who I'm talking to. Like some people will say, we are the people who I'll be waiting for. They have been saying, God, we are waiting for you. Some people, sometimes people say, I'm waiting on God. And God is saying, he's not waiting on me. I'm the one waiting on him. The day he stands up, the day he says, enough is enough. The day he does like Jabez. Did you know that Jabez will have continued the story? So have continued just like that. The story will have looked the same, except that one day Jabez said, I'm going to take responsibility. So when it comes to this power that we have in this kingdom, we have been authorized. But the challenge is this. We need to now stand up to what we have been given. Because it's about power, my friends. It's about power. Let me say a few things about power. And then I'll draw this together. If you read Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7. This is Paul speaking. Paul says, Whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me, by the effectual working of his power. So that means that the reason grace find expression was that power was behind it. In verse 20, the Bible now says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we can ask or think. He now says, according to the power that is working us. Or the power that we permit to work in us. That means that when you want God to go over and beyond, God will still need you. He will still want it to be a partnership with the things that he has already put inside of you. Let me say this to you. I think we said it last month. Everything God will do, he has done. You see, when Jesus said it is finished, you know what he means? It is finished. So what, what are you now going to do? We are going to bring it is finished to it is now. Because you see, when it comes to redemption, there is a legal side to redemption. And everything Jesus did when he was physically here on earth was to satisfy the claims of justice and to fulfill the legal side of redemption. So what now remains, why you and I have not seen the fullness of redemption showing forth? The reason is because there is also another side to redemption called the vital side of redemption. There's a legal side. The legal side was taking care 
off on the cross of Calvary and then <laughs> but you are concerned for me don't worry we will be fine <laughs> thank you very much so there's a legal side to redemption Jesus took care of that but there is the vital side the vital side is when you make redemption work if you read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 the Bible says Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every. He didn't say most spiritual blessing. He says every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, the thing is that you and I don't need it only in the heavenly places. We need it here on earth. So we need to know how to bring heavenly places to earthly places. And one of the ways is to understand and align with the fact that you are one with the Lord. So if the Lord has it, I already have it too. If the Lord has it, I already have it. All I need to do is to learn what I have and begin to deploy what I have. It's all about power, my friends. In, in Psalm 110 verse 2, Psalm 110 verse 2, the Bible says, The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. He says, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. That means that kingdoms are not established because of lack of enemies. It's not because of lack of opposition that you establish nations and all of that. No. In the presence of enemy, in the presence of opposition, how will you now do it? By power. By knowing how to appropriate the power that is available unto you. By knowing how to enforce things. By knowing how to stand on what God says. By knowing how to insist on what you have been given. The reason people have a job as lawyers is because there is law. The law is already there. There is a constitution. There is written codes. There is ethics. There is how we are supposed to do things. But things don't always go automatically the way you want it to be done. So you need enforcement. You need people who will now say, if people mess up with the law, we'll enforce that law. That is why usually when you, go past, when you see uh, amber or yellow light, something tells you, normally, normally, something tells you, slow down. Slow down. And many times, something will even tell you, stop come to a complete stop. Don't just slow down and slow down. Go past that red light because if you pass that red light, something will pass over you too. You know, and this one is not pass over you and leave you. to pass and take something from you. Alright? So, the reason we obey that light, that light has been authorized, but there is a power that backs up that light. It is called ticket. Amen to Jesus. <laughs> and what be time whoever says well you know forget it me I, I just came from one country that people just when you go past it and they send the ticket if you don't pay on time they double it amen to Jesus and when you come to Jesus and you lift it up before Jesus and say Jesus turn this around Jesus says I have heard and then you wait 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 they triple it I've heard stories where people the, the bill they paid for tickets ah it's a message that sends to them that next time when you see that, don't mess with it. Why? Because that particular law, that thing that has been stipulated was enforced. Let me tell you the truth. Everything God has given to you, everything God has made available, there needs to be law enforcement people that will enforce it. The devil is a stupid devil. The fact that it's written, the fact that it is given, do you, does that mean that you have it? Does that mean tell you, no, no, no. You must know your right. And you not only need to know it, 
You need to know how to enforce your right. And in this month, God will show us how to do that in the name of Jesus. Let's close with this. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. One with the Lord. He that is joined to the Lord is one with the Lord. So when it comes to authority, you need to understand that we derive our authority from our oneness with the Lord. He has power and he has authorized us. We can go in his name. We can act and do business. We can act in the state. So Paul was now telling this church in Ephesians. In fact, Ephesians is one part of scriptures that really shows you your authority in Christ. It shows you what you have in Christ. It shows you that you are not empty. It shows you that you are loaded and needed. Ephesians chapter 1, I'll read from verse 16 downwards. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 16 downwards. The Bible says, I cease not to give thanks. Do not cease to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. And look at the way he's praying for them. He says, he's praying that um, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Father that really bathed Eden, that Father of glory who made glorious people, who made kings, because glory is a dimension of kingship and kingdom. That Father of glory, I am asking that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So how will you be able to emphasize and enforce your oneness with Christ? He's telling you now in this prayer. He says there needs to be the, the operation of the spirit of wisdom. There needs to be the operation of the spirit of revelation. This is, the other verse says the eyes, of your, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You need the skills to go off your eyes. You need the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. He says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? For authority to find expression, the eyes of your understanding needs to be enlightened so that you'll be able to grasp the, 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 the greatness of his power so that you'll be able to understand and to be able to apprehend because it is one thing for you to hear, it is one, another thing for you to catch it. Many of us, it's not lack of hearing. It's not lack of information. It's revelation. Something needs to happen to us. All Papa was saying there is this. I want God to take thing, these things beyond theory. And that's my prayer for you this morning. Because one with the Lord. I want God to take it beyond theory. That we are not theoretizing this thing. It comes into us. Because there are, there are some times when you are in classroom. You are just theoretizing. There is just theory. All the time that Jesus was here on earth. The disciple it was just theory for them. But <laughs> by the time the spirit of God came. And that's why Paul was saying. Uh, a, a dimension of the spirit of God will find expression through you. That will lead to wisdom. That will lead to understanding that will lead to revelation because it was when the spirit of God inter interacted with what they knew that something happened to them these same people that had heard Jesus saying you remember that Jesus in Luke chapter 10 told them <laughs> in Luke 10 19 he said I give you power to tread upon Sabbath and Scorpions and nothing but shall by any means hurt you Peter was there in that statement. In fact, the Bible said, when they came back in that later part of Acts chapter, uh, Luke chapter 10, he said, they came and the 70 returned and told Jesus, he said, they told Jesus, they said, even the devils were subject to us in your name. 
Now, the people that devils were subject to, several days later, or weeks later, a small girl came and told Peter, you know Jesus. Say, I swear, I don't know him. <laughs> Why? It was theory. There's some things we say in church. You, in fact, you can finish the statement, but it's theory. You need to have experience. You need to come into a, a, a communion. You need to come into a fellowship. This thing needs to leave the page and enter into the line. This thing needs to leave just word and ink on paper and be life. And that's why the Bible was speaking in Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2. It says, and the spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me. One of the prayers I'm praying in this season, that the spirit of God will over over this house, that something will happen to you that will remove the scale of your eyes in the name of Jesus. And that the spirit of wisdom will find expression. The spirit of understanding will find expression. And more importantly, the spirit of revelation will find expression. Revelation is not knowledge. Revelation is not knowledge. In revelation, there can be knowledge. Revelation is more than knowledge. Revelation is an experience. You come into a union so much that it's not that you were now taught. You have caught something. You catch something. Peter knew all the things he was saying in Acts chapter 2, before Acts chapter 2. The day he was denying Jesus, he knew all those things. You know he didn't go back to anywhere to go and consult any notes. He knew all those things. There are many things many of us know. But it's not what you know that counts. It is what is revealed. There needs to be a layer. Something has to break loose. It is when it is revealed to you that is now really yours. It is when it's revealed to you that you can now manifest into it. It is when it is revealed to you that you are now confident. You understand? When Luke was about to write to, to uh, uh, no, this is John now. In First John, he said the things that we have seen the things that we have handled, the things that we have experienced, we are not theorizing it. We are talking to you about the word of life that we have handled and it's a living experience. That's why when Jesus was about to leave, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, what Jesus told them is this. He says you will be endued with power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then he, he, he tells them a bunch of things. And he says you will now be witnesses unto me. What does that mean? It means that when the spirit of God is permitted to function and walk through your life, you will now be men and women who are witnesses to Jesus. Who are people that show proofs, living proofs, not just stories. You know, everybody can read Bible story to be tales by moonlight, you know. But a few people have handled this thing. The word that we preach to you is handleable. The word that we are... Telling you, you can hold it. The word that we are telling you, you can experience it. But it's a fusion of the spirit of God finding expression to you. So Paul was praying for these people and telling God that God will open their eyes so that they will really have the knowledge of Christ. So that they will not just be reading the Christ on the pages of scripture, but they will be reading and experiencing the living Christ. Hear me, my friends. Jesus has all the power. Can, you, can, can I say that again? Jesus has all the power. Jesus has all the power. And he does not have the power for himself alone. He has the power for you. So when he turned around and said go. 
you are not going without power. You are going defended. You are going supported. You are going having a backing. You are not walking alone. They can be seen only you, but it is the fourth man in the fire. They can see only you show up at work, but you are not alone. You have company. Is that not what Hebrews was talking about? You know, he says, seeing that we have this great compass company of people he says let us run the race that is set before us looking unto jesus understanding that we can draw strength from him understanding that we can receive we we have received authority from him and when we are in sync with him there is nothing that can stop us that's why paul could say i can do all things through christ who strengthens me there is an experience of this jesus of the bible that can change everything it can change how you do parenting it can change how you do life it can change how your dating relationship will work oh my pastor i i've been i've been born again for 10 years 15 years but there is there are depths in him there are heights and levels you, you know in part of our confession that we read for this month it says i can i'll be able to comprehend the length the breadth the heights there are lengths there are breadths there are heights in this love of god you can come into that fusion god can infuse you god can bring you into that union and so this morning the prayer of paul is the prayer i'm also praying for you that God will open your eyes. God will enlighten you. Because when your eyes are open, you'll be able to have the exceeding greatness of his power. There is greatness in this power. This power can make great. In fact, the Bible said, it is the same power that placed Jesus in the heavenly places. And you know what? Jesus is not only in the heavenly places. You are there too. You are seated with him in the heavenly places and he wants you to be able to govern from there he wants you to issue legislation he wants you to issue commands but ladies and gentlemen you have to join yourself with him and that joining is not just uh, uh, just something you put on your mouth it has to be a joining and an awareness that comes by revelation i want you to bow down your heads and speak to him this morning all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not will be given. It's already given to me. And then he says you should go. What is limiting you today? The reason the limits are there. Is not because God is limited. It's because we, we, there's a dimension of him. We still need to know. There is a, there's a revelation of him. That you still need to come into. Will you go ahead and speak to him this morning. And ask oh God. Open my eyes. I want, oh God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, in the knowledge, in the knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, in the knowledge of him. I want to be able to comprehend and walk with the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. I don't want to live like I don't have anything. I don't want to live like I'm not being authorized by you. I want to walk in the fullness of the authority that I've been given. Show me. Open my eyes. Show God to these dimensions in the name of Jesus. Can you stand to your feet this morning?